Hi friends, welcome back to Actually Adultish. I'm your host, Christina Rice. I'm a holistic health coach, creator of the blog Addicted to Lovely, and I'm also the host of another podcast now. I don't know if you guys heard, but I just launched a new podcast with my friend Kara Halderman, who was on a different episode of Actually Adultish back in the day, if you don't remember, or if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. But we had a lot of fun, and we decided to launch a new podcast that's all about health and nutrition. It's Q&A style. It's called Straight Up Paleo, and it's on iTunes and straightuppaleo.com. So if you guys are a nutrition nerd like me, then you should definitely listen to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be sassy. It's going to be straight up. You know, we just want to give health advice straight up. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm sure you guys know that I love health and nutrition and wellness, and I'm still going to have that on here, but I like to keep actually adultish sort of a mixture of health and wellness and fitness and nutrition, also random relationship stuff and life things and, you know, just a mixture of everything, just all of the adulting things, you know, but straight up paleo is purely health and nutrition and wellness and mindset and things like that. So I would really appreciate it if you guys listen to that podcast as well, if you are interested and share your support. But let's talk about this podcast, Actually Adultish. If you're new here, welcome. You're awesome. If you're a returner, you're a champ, definitely join our Facebook group if you haven't already. It's called Actually Adultish Podcast Nation. And I'm super excited today because I have an incredible guest. Like, we kind of basically talked about everything under the sun. It was insane. And he's really cool. And I'm going to introduce him in a second. But first, ways you can support the show. You can shop through the Amazon link that is in the show notes. And just do your regular Amazon shopping through that link. And a small portion of the proceeds goes to this show and helps pay for the production costs and it's no extra cost to you so i know you're already on amazon just use just go through the link you know you're cool also you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com actually adultish and you can pledge any amount of money you want a month to support this show so it could be a dollar it could be five dollars it could be ten dollars any amount really helps and any amount is very appreciated. Just helps me be able to continue to put out free content for you each week. Because podcasts are free and that's why they're awesome. And if you haven't subscribed already, you should. Subscribing is free. I know some people still think it costs money, but it's definitely free. And you can definitely also leave a rating and a review on iTunes if you want to show some love because that's super helpful as well. And tell everybody about the podcast because that's how you get the word out about it. But let's talk about more interesting things, a.k.a. today's guest. Today's guest is Zach Peter, and he hosts the podcast Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter, which I was on a few weeks ago now once this comes out and it was really fun we just talked about adulting things yeah you should definitely go listen to that episode you can find it on itunes because 
That's where all the podcasts are. And he also has done a million other things. He's already published four books and he's writing his fifth. He's also producing a documentary that's going to come out. It's called Sibling Warrior. And he works with Generation Rescue, which is Jenny McCarthy's organization that helps families that are affected by autism. So it's a really amazing organization. And we talk more about that in the episode. He's also done a ton of stand-up comedy over the years. And he writes for Pop Sugar. He just literally does everything and anything. Oh, and he has a YouTube channel. I literally forget all the things he does because he does everything and he is so much fun to be around just one of those people who lights up the room and has so much personality but also knows how to be serious and is really smart and a total badass and like gets shit done you know he's a really hard worker and he knows how to joke and have a good time but at the end of the day has a really big heart and is trying to do all of these amazing things to help other people and I really respect and admire him and his hustle and just how he is so incredibly humble and doesn't even realize how awesome he is like I'm truly obsessed with him you'll understand as soon as you get to know more about him so I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this conversation because we literally talk about everything under the sun so it's a good one you're gonna like it before I share this fabulous interview with you I need to talk to you a bit about my favorite olive oil ever Cassandrinos if you guys didn't already listen to last week's episode about the film what the health we also address the importance of healthy fats in your diet so you know I'm not just the only one who's running around talking about how important it is to have good quality fats in your diet. And olive oil is one of my favorite sources of healthy fats. I put it on all of my food. It's delicious. And a lot of olive oil from the store is not actually olive oil. It's usually vegetable oil. They cut it with a bunch of other unhealthy inflammatory oils, and that can really be harming your health in so many different ways. But I love Cassandrinos because you can definitely taste the difference, and it's it's the real deal. So they get their extra virgin olive oil directly from where their family farms olives in Greece, and they use only premium olives They cold press it so they don't use any heat or chemicals because that destroys all the nutrients. And it is just delicious. So you definitely need it. Cook with it. Pour it on your salads. Have a great time. Give it to your mom and dad for their anniversary. Give it to your cousin for her wedding. Just all of the things. But most importantly, buy it for yourself. Buy it in bulk. Get the travel bottle so that you don't have to use the sketchy olive oil at restaurants and on vacation. It's such an easy swap to make, but I cannot tell you how many of my clients have told me that literally just switching out the oils that they use on their food has changed their lives. I'm dead serious. So you can use the code addicted to lovely for 10% off. You can also use the code actually adultish for 10% off, but all you have to do is go to cassandrinos.com, use the code addicted to lovely or actually adultish, get your 10% off, stock up and get ready for some yummy olive oil to come your way. So again, cassandrinos.com, use the code addicted to lovely. Awesome. Okay. 
I think it's time to introduce Zach. So excited he was on the podcast. So grateful he came on. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Hey, Zach. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You have such a good, like, radio voice. Do I? People say I have, like, a sexy radio voice. You have a really sexy voice. But, like, I don't... But it's also kind of, like, it's, like, happy sexy. Okay, good. Because I'm, like, I don't want to be, like, too sexy. Especially when, like, because I know on on No Filter, like, we talk about, like, a a whole mix of things. And sometimes it's, like, not appropriate to be sexy. But I still have, like, a a sexy, whispery voice. No, it's it's excellent. My aunt is um, a voice actress. And she has a super sexy voice but it's it's different than yours and that she just makes everything sound like sex Ah. but it works i feel like you have to have that i was told a couple days ago that i have i sound like zach sang do you know who that is no i don't really know who who that that? is i had to like google him he's a parent he like hosts some other radio or some show or something um and then i listened to his show and i was like i don't think i sound anything (laughs) like him that's like when people say oh you look like someone and then you look them up and you're like do I really look like right? That? And it's like, is this a compliment? Yeah, was it meant to be a compliment? Yeah. It's really not. Have you ever who who have you been told you look like anyone? Um, I was recently told by my Uber driver over the weekend actually that I look like Zachary Quinto, which I, I thought was like so random. And he's like old, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, he's not old, but he's like a lot older yeah, than me. Yeah, like, so what I'm are like, you trying to say? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's whatever. I don't agree with that. That's really awkward. Yeah, I get it all over the board, and I don't, I don't see any of the thing, but whatever. Okay. Tell people mm-hmm. a little bit about... Introduce yourself. Introduce myself. Oh, my God. I hate introducing well, myself. Well, you have to. I... Funny story, and this is a total tangent, but I was... Do I it. had to speak... I, I, over the weekend, I was in Portland, and I had to speak on um, this panel, mm-hmm. and... I was literally like the last one in the row. So they're going down the whole panel and reading everybody's bios. And I'm like, okay, perfect. My bio has everything in it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to introduce myself because it's like one thing I hate doing the most. Yeah. And then of course they get to me and they're like, oh, we don't have your bio. Are <gasps> you? And like, oh, in, like live in front of everybody, God. like, oh, but like we think like you wrote a book, yeah. you know, and you do something. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I guess I'll just take over. Yeah, totally. And then, like, there was one point where they addressed a question to me, and, like, they called me the wrong name. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is a hot mess. Yeah. But What um, did you say? I didn't really say anything. Um, but I guess, so, I'm a podcast host. Yeah. I host Hashtag No Filter, which is a weekly podcast on, I always say iTunes, but it's, like, everywhere. It's, yeah. like, on Stitcher and all those, but I, I feel like people only care if it's like, on iTunes. Yeah, I only care if it's on iTunes. Somebody asked me to put the podcast on Google Play. Is yours on Google Play? Probably. I don't know. Oh. I really don't. I know You're there's, like, I like, don't even know. No, like, I know it's, like, a lot of places, but I don't even know all the places. Mine's not on Google Play. I don't even... Honestly, the fact that I put it on Stitcher, on you guys Google are lucky. <laughs> oh, really? I think it is on somebody Google Play. Was like, well, somebody messaged me and was like, can you please put it on Google Play so I can listen? And I was like, no. I honestly don't care. I, I, I really think it is on Google Play. I know for sure it's on Stitcher. It's on iHeartRadio. It's definitely on iTunes because that's the only one I care about. Um, it's probably not like something we should say as podcasts. I know. <laughs> Since we well, don't honestly, care about other distributors. I just only care about iTunes. Cause, oh, that's because that's what I use. So. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, But yeah, so I host Hashtag No Filter. It's a weekly half-hour podcast every Wednesday. Um, I also, I've written four books, currently writing my fifth. That's like, you just say that so casual. (laughs) I've written four books. Okay. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes. So Amazing. there, there's that. Um, working on my fifth one right now. I'm hoping it will be out soon, maybe by next year. Some of my books, um, I do a lot of work with autism. My brother has autism, so I work with um, Generation Rescue. It's Jenny McCarthy's foundation. Mm-hmm. Been there for. The, I've worked with them for the past eight years. Um, so two of my books are actually about autism. And then um, I have another one that's called When Life Hands You Lemons, Throw Them at People. I see. Yeah, I know. And it's I just like, that. it's a fun, sassy collection of humor essays. So the new book that I'm working on, I think it's going to be a follow up to that one. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Because like that led up to, I think that one came out when I was like 18. So this would be like everything that happens once you actually, like actually adult. Yeah. Like once you actually, actually go into the real world and you realize like, oh my God, this is not as glamorous as I picture. I was picturing like life on 90210. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I thought everyone was going to be like great looking and you're going to find like a hot boyfriend and it was just awful. Oh my God. There's so many dating disasters that I'm going to write about. We're going to get into that. It's insane. But yeah, so I have the show, I have the books. I host a web series called Zach Attacks where I tackle wellness trends um, and I also cover wellness trends on Pop Sugar. Oh so my god! Yeah, and I think that's probably why you like. I hate introducing myself because what do I say? Yeah, I feel like that sometimes too because I'm like I do a few different things, so I don't really know which one. Yeah, to... like which one should I say? Which one sounds important? But like I don't want to sound like a total narcissist. Yeah. So I'm like getting. I'm trying to get better at that because I'm always like so insecure about don't, what I do. You should be so proud of everything you do. What do you like? What takes up most of your time? Um, well, most of my day is filled up with the work that I do at Generation Rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of work are you doing for them? So what Generation Rescue does is uh, we fund medical grants for kids that have autism. Mm-hmm. So That's we find amazing. like, and it's all like functional medicine, integrative medicine. So instead oh, of, you know, God. we like to do like, you know, lab testing to see what's going on inside the child's body to then address those real medical issues. Um, instead of just like being, here's a, um, you know, here's a pill, mask a yeah. symptom. Thank you. you know, we really want to see what's going on inside the child's body, which I think is really important, which kind of got me interested in functional medicine. Now I, you know, I geek out over everything Gwyneth Paltrow writes about. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I'm the associate director of the foundation. Oh my um, so I run the office here in LA. You should be um, so proud. That's incredible <laughs> because I feel like not that many organizations focus on, I mean, the fact that you guys are so into the functional medicine aspect, I'm so impressed. Yeah, I'm so excited because we have a conference that we host in Dallas every year, which I'm going to, which is coming up in a few weeks. And um, I got Dr. Josh Axe to be the keynote, <gasps> which I'm like dying How over. Did you like, do you have that? no. Well, so he. I would literally pee my pants. Oh, yeah. So it's like meeting Oprah. I was doing. Where did I learn about? I learned about FMT from an article Gwyneth Paltrow did. I think it was okay. with InStyle, which is fecal transplants, which are really like sound really gross but no, I, so I, I know wrote, all about that <laughs> I wrote the editor at Pop Sugar and I'm like okay I really want to cover this piece can I do it and she's like find a doctor you can't write it on your own I was like okay fine so I was like you know what I'm just gonna reach out to Josh Axe and let's see if his people respond and yeah. luckily they did and I interviewed him for that piece and then from there I was like so by the way there's this conference coming up and we'd really like you to speak at it I'm that's incredible congratulations thank you speaking of that okay so if you guys didn't listen i was on zach's podcast hashtag no filter mm-hmm. and we we found out that we were both at the goop event. yeah um in goop Health. yeah i missed the first part of the day because i was at a different event so i missed all the health talk like they had doctors yeah, speaking at the beginning the sessions. what did you think of that i mean how 
the first one was interesting because it, it it was supposed to be like cosmic flow or something or like how to bring out your cosmic flow. But I felt like the talk was more of like an uplifting type of motivational talk with um, I think he was Gwyneth's doctor. Okay. Um, and it was it was fine. It was a great like yeah. opening opening talk. But I don't I felt like the name of it was a little confusing, um, but it was a great talk. And then she came out. Um, I liked the did you see the gut panel? No, that's what I missed. That and was that's probably my favorite. That was with, what I wanted to see the yeah, most. Yeah, with Alejandra Younger, Amy Myers, um, oh who's my lovely. Amy Myers is literally my idol. I love her. I've interviewed her. I've worked with her several times. She spoke at the Generation Rescue Summit a few Stop. years ago. Yeah. Um, and who else was there? Uh, Younger, Myers, and Gundry. Okay. He's the okay. one that's talking about the lectins. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I that was, was so upset my that I missed it because that's what, like, that's my ish. Like, that was my favorite. Health. And then they did the facelift, which was so weird. Stop. It was explain. an instant facelift. Wait, and explain. so it's literally okay, instant facelift. <laughs> and like people in the audience were like, oh my God, like cringing. It was so, it was so cool, but also kind of weird. So they like poked holes in your face uh-huh. and then like with threaded with like a little fine I think it was I mean it had to be a needle oh um, my and God. like it had like a, a biodegradable like thread, a thread with like beads in it and so what it does is that you're supposed to pull it through your face or through your cheek and it like the beads I guess like oh. lift it so that it lifts like your face. who do they do it on one of the goop editors oh my but Gwen said she's done it before what did the results look like? Like, I mean, it was, uh, I don't, I mean, there was like a little bit of, I think the girl that they picked didn't really need anything. Yeah, did anybody like there was, really need anything? <laughs> everybody there, I was like, is everybody here a model? Because I feel right? very, right? very, everybody, like yeah. a peasant. Well, not only that, like but peasant. I was like one of the only five guys there. Yeah, there so was, that was actually like, five guys there. <laughs> and they were like working the yeah, event. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They were all at the Bulletproof station, yeah, yeah, yeah. working the Bulletproof yeah, yeah, station. Yeah. It was funny. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I'm so pissed I missed that. But That was fun. Yeah. Okay. And so what's, so I want to talk more about your job with Pop Sugar. Yeah. How long have you been with them? Um, It started this year, like in February. Mm-hmm. I think my first post went live in February. And like... Is that just sort of like a freelancey situation? Like you write when you want or? Yeah. So with that, so what happened was last year on, on uh, hashtag no filter, I had the editor of another big millennial pop culture site on. Um, and we had talked and I was originally going to write for them, but I guess they were, it was like at the time that I was coming in, it was at a transition period where they were getting bought out by another big company. So, I had all these pieces that I was starting to write and then I, like more and more time was going by and I wasn't really hearing back from them. So I was like, you know what? Let me just pitch these articles that I've already written somewhere else. And I was like, you know what? I'll just pitch it to Bob Sugar. I highly doubt anything's going to come of it, mm-hmm. but you know what? It can't hurt. Yeah. And I tried to be smart about it too. So like the first piece I wrote for them was, um, it was called the five books that got me through my quarter life crisis Mm -hmm. and it one of the books on the list was um the founder of pop sugar lisa sugar her Ah. book so i was like you know there's got to be like you know some i was like this will this will help me get in a little more um and of course you know i loved all of the books that i included in that article but i also made sure they were you know the ones with the authors that i really kind of wanted to build a relationship with too yeah um and so they really liked that piece. And of course, I think it helped that Lisa's book was in yeah. in the roundup. Um, and they're like, okay, we like it. You know, we want you to write more for us. Um, I wrote another piece 
doing something similar but tackling Expo West. Mm. And some of the biggest God, new products. The place is a shit Insane. Show. It's so overwhelming. There's so had many PTSD things there. Afterwards. Like, so I much felt there. like I was at Coachella for three weeks. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> so I did, I did a roundup of that one for Pop Sugar, and then that kind of led to, to the contract that I have now, which and is kind of just more freelance. That's so cool. And do, so do you pitch all your own stories, or do they, like, tell you A little what, bit of both. Okay, a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. So, God, you know what I want to ask you is, like, it's so interesting talking to someone who, like, you have so many different things going on, right? kind of why it's hard for you to introduce yourself (laughs) and how do you explain what you do to just other people like not even when somebody's like introduce yourself but like does your family know like you know is your family what did they tell what does your mom tell her friend that you do or what what do you tell when when you just meet somebody you're like when they're like oh what do you do you're just like you know how do you handle that i you know, it's so funny because, like I said, I'm, I get so insecure about some of these uh-huh. things that I don't want to sound pretentious or I hate to sound like I'm so full of myself or my head's so big. So what I'll say, what I normally say when people ask me what I do is I'm like, oh, you know, I work for this little nonprofit that helps kids with autism. And that's really all I Why say. Why do you say that? I mean, I'm getting better at like being, Stop. you know, I just, I don't know. I you need to like get better everything. about that. Yeah. I need to. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. Like, oh, man. No, you can't do that. No, I need to, like, I don't know. I just feel like if I talk about, like, what I actually do, people think I'm, like, super pretentious. But now I'm just like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Like, if you think that I'm, you know, conceited and cocky and overly confident, like, I'm learning to just, like, say, screw it. You need to tell everybody about everything you're doing because that makes them interested. And then that's going to make them go listen to your podcast and listen to your yeah. And, you know, read your books and, like, look up your articles. And, like, that's how you... Yeah, I, like, totally kicked myself in the butt after the panel that I spoke on over the past weekend because they gave us, they're like, okay, you have to, everybody has 30 seconds to just say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of the other panelists are like, I have a business and I do this and mm-hmm. or I have this group that I started. Um, and I didn't, like, pimp out my book or the show or you anything. Should. I was just like, let me give some, you know, inspiring it's, advice. No, it's not even about, it's not, because it's not, it doesn't come across as, like, pimping it out. It's just yeah. like, this is what I did. If you're interested, maybe it'd be cool. Like, yeah, you, you I need know? to get, I need to get better at it. Like, because what if, let's say I met you randomly on the street and you just said you work for a little nonprofit, I'd be like, okay, whatever. If you told yeah. me, like, oh, I wrote a book, I have a podcast, I'd be like, wait, I love podcasts. What is it? I'll look it up. Yeah. And I'd be excited, yeah. you know? That's, like... You gotta. I know. I gotta start. You gotta do it. I'm gonna be your agent. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna be your agent. Your PR. Yes. Oh my gosh. My whole team. Okay, so where did you grow up? I grew up here in LA. I'm one of like the only people that you'll find that like was born and raised in Los Angeles and isn't gonna leave. In Pasadena. No. So I actually grew up, um, like towards downtown. It was like this ghetto little <laughs> pl- area called Lincoln Heights. Um, Wait, Lincoln Heights? There's yeah. There's definitely an ABC There was show. an ABC show called Lincoln Heights, but I think it was, was it like... a different Lincoln Heights? I think it was. I think um, it was too. Yeah, I think it totally was because the ABC version was a lot nicer. I'm pretty um, sure I have the pilot on my iTunes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm back. sure I do. Yeah, because they used to like yeah. say, you can download the pilot yeah, on iTunes. Yeah, it was free on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was free. Um, yeah, so I grew up out there... Partly out there and then partly with my mom who was like 10, who lived like 10 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always back and forth. And then um, 
Yeah, but it's, like, right outside of downtown. Okay. Because I went to, like, this little Catholic school, like, a few blocks away that I went to every year. You went to a little Catholic school? Yeah, How I went that? to Catholic school from, like, preschool to high school. Like, up until high school or through high school? Through high school, until my junior year of high school, and then I left, and I was like, okay, I'm homeschooling. I, like, made the executive decision that, like, I'm not gonna go to school here anymore like I'm working I had written my first book I was doing a lot of advocacy work for autism I just started with Generation Rescue um, volunteering with them and I was like school's annoying like I have to be here at eight to three like this is a big chunk of my day Um, I I did summer school in my first few years so I had I was ahead of the game so I only had like three or four classes that I needed to complete Mm -hmm. to graduate and I just wasn't interested or invested in the whole high school thing so I literally like told my mom like okay I'm I'm gonna leave I found this this online program I National University, not National University. It was National High School. I don't know, Kaplan High School. I don't even remember what <laughs> like, it was called. It was some online know. high yeah. school where they're like, all you have to do is just show up to class in the morning and yeah. turn in your assignments on time and it's fine. And so I was like, okay, cool. And I only had three classes to do, so I did. I literally like talked to the principal myself and signed the paperwork myself on behalf of my mom. Did like, you get any pushback? No, because at that point I was just so like confident in my decisions I was like I'm gonna do this and like this is what's happening you're a fucking badass like (laughs) I respect so I wish I did that literally school was the biggest waste of time it is like I'm like first depending on who it is like for me it was for sure for me it was for a lot of people maybe not because they don't they have nothing else they would be doing yeah I think I stayed in college a little too long because I was afraid of what people would think if I didn't graduate or I didn't have a degree. Um, oh my God, I was just talking about this this yeah. morning. Wait, let's talk about that. Where did you go to college? Um, I went to Pasadena City College. Okay. So I finished my senior year homeschooled and then I took a semester off and then you know, my family's like, you need to go to school. So I, I spent, yeah. I think, like two years there and I kept switching what I wanted to do and then eventually I was like, look, it's just not, it's not working and I have a career that's building and I can feel it simmering on the stove and I just want to bring it to a boil dude i and i wish more people would do that instead of conforming to those social norms that you have to go to college there was a guy that i ran into over the weekend who was like really judging me about not finishing school and he's Mm -hmm. like well are you gonna finish and i'm just like no i wrote four fucking bucks give me a break yeah i know i totally agree with you i was just talking to my friend about this who didn't finish college and my friend was saying it's so stupid i should have just finished and i go are you kidding i was like I wish I had dropped out. I wish I had never even gone. I regret it so much. I would be so far in my career right now yeah. because right now, while I'm trying to launch all these things, I'm bitter IF because I see where I could have been yeah. and I could have done it and I wasted time and like now I'm playing catch up. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of jobs or a lot of places too, they don't care about a degree as long mm-hmm. as you have the experience and you can do the job or you're willing to do the mm-hmm. job. Like you're a perfect fit for the team and it also depends on what you're doing like for me it's like i was always gonna be my own boss yeah so i don't know why i it was really just because this is what i'm supposed to do and i didn't have confidence that i could to say no or to do your own thing yeah yeah, exactly or like in this whole judgment from other people as Mm -hmm. much as i'm just like i don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks it's annoying when it comes up so much i mean i get judged for not going to grad school like you're not gonna go to grad school and i'm yeah, like yeah because it's what you're supposed to do are but are you kidding yeah. me like 
why w- I feel like I just wasted four years of my life in undergrad. I can't yeah. waste a single second. The only benefit I would have taken from college, one was like the social aspect of mm-hmm. things. Um, but the, I see it as a, it's a discipline. Um, you know, like it keeps you structured yeah. and disciplined in that way. But I mean, even like if you look at like half the shit I learned in in college about because I took classes for PR, I took classes for journalism. And I mean, now I I mean, somewhat I am a journalist mm-hmm. and I am a writer. I do PR with for Generation Rescue. But did you so need like those classes none of that helped. That? Like yeah. all of it went completely out the window. And yeah. I'm just like, OK, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me just Google. I'm like mm-hmm. master of Google. I Google yeah. everything and then I see what works and I tweak it as I go. And that's really how like things are yeah like you learn as you go like nothing that you learned in class is gonna be applicable exactly no and I totally agree and well what I mean it does go back to what kind of job a person's doing yeah that's true a lot of them just require to have graduated from college which is like stupid but then you get to the actual job and it has nothing yeah like I talked to my mom about this because she does all the hiring at her company and Mm -hmm. she's like you know they have to ha- they have to have a degree, but I don't care what their grades were or anything because they're gonna learn everything when they come here. Yeah. It doesn't matter even what yeah. they learned. Like, and she doesn't like the fact that they have to have a degree. That's yeah. just the way it has to be for that. But anyway, it does depend. Like, if you're doing something like PR, you don't need mm-hmm. it at yeah, all. No. Like, I had so many PR internships in college, and I would ask my bosses like what they thought about grad school and undergrad, and they're like, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. And I'm just like, but I still couldn't give myself the permission yeah. to quit because of this. Because it also depends on who you're talking to. Like, it's also this respect thing. Like, I feel like yeah. in L.A., more so people, like, it's not a big deal if you have whatever degree. But I feel like in other areas, or at least for me, more people are more judgmental. Yeah, that's why I ran into this guy. It was in Portland because he's like... You don't have a degree. Yeah. Well, you're not. Are you gonna finish school? And just like the tone of his voice, I was like, No, I'm not. Like, yeah. look, if school works for you and that's your thing, do it. Do you? Yeah. But like, it doesn't work for everybody, and I'm tired of everybody trying to push you into that social norm. Like, I'm not telling you to not go to school mm-hmm. and be lazy and be on your couch all day. Like, obviously, yeah. get off and hustle your ass. Mm-hmm. But. College doesn't have to be the end all be all or the way to get there. No, I'm literally so happy this. Came and I out. wish somebody would have told me yeah, that sooner. Because I wish somebody had told me that sooner too. Because I literally like college. I was so depressed and I just hated every day. And I felt like every day was a waste of my life. Yeah. And like I think of how happy I am now and how many more years of happiness I could have gotten back, literally just from not being in school. Because mm-hmm. I just felt purposeless yeah. in school versus I knew what I wanted to do and yeah. I should have just gone out there and done it. Like, so I admire you for just kicking ass and doing everything that you did. And also bringing up the social part, though, like, I mean, do you really think you missed out, though? Because I don't think, what do you mean, missed out? Like, you're saying, I guess the only thing that maybe college would have gotten you was, like. uh, Yeah, when I said, yeah, when I said that, I meant, like. It taught me how to, especially because I homeschooled my senior year and I really didn't participate in high school socially. You know, I was just, I was working and I had other things that I had going on. Um, College was the first time I really allowed myself at that age to build friendships and Mm -hmm. to, you know, 
develop feelings for yeah. other people. And so there's like that social aspect where you have to learn how to interact with other people that I definitely experienced um, while I was there and on campus. Yeah. Um, yeah. That taught me a lot. But, well, okay. You know, it taught me a lot about myself, I guess is what I should clarify, yeah. which I think is the biggest thing you take away when you're in relationships with people. How would you um, differentiate the social scene during that time versus just being in LA? Oh my God. Um, I feel like, I mean, I also feel like it's a big part of who you choose to surround yourself with mm-hmm. and the groups that you choose to interact with. Um, because now like I, I look at the types of people that I interact with and the groups that I hang out in um, or just the events that I go to and I'm typically one of the youngest in the room or one of the least experienced and I'm you know I read and have been told that like that's how you're that's how you're gonna grow that's how you're gonna um, continue to build where in college I definitely wanted to stick around with you know people that made me feel comfortable that made me feel secure mm-hmm. where now um, I don't know LA is a tough city to hustle in like everybody's it's tough and I'm curious what you think about I was talking to my friend we were talking about how it's hard to meet people here. Yeah, Do you have a hard totally time hard. meeting people? Yeah. Like, um, we were talking about how it's hard to meet good people. Yeah, because everybody, it's a very opportunistic mm-hmm. town. Everybody's very Everybody self-absorbed. Everybody wants to be a star, yeah. literally. Everybody wants to be a star. <laughs> and it's like, that's fine. Yeah. You want to be a star, like, this is the perfect city to do it in. Like, I'm not going to judge you for wanting to be a star, but I'm going to judge you for being an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you want to be a star, like, let's be stars together. Yeah, And exactly. we'll help each other, and we'll lift each other up. But and everybody can... is competitive and, like, no. out to tear each other. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't trust anyone. No. And it makes me sad. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so hard to meet, like, good quality people. And I think sometimes I can be a bit much because sometimes I'm just like, let me help you. Like, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, we'll schedule a half hour and we'll do coffee and I'll You're answer so any of your nice. questions. And I'm yeah. going to, you know, but, but it's because, like, I started when I was so young and I know how tough and how hard it is and how shitty people are that, like, if I can not be that Mm -hmm. then if I can help somebody then like I want to do that yeah I went on a date with somebody recently who um this is bad I answered like an email during the date (laughs) (laughs) I was like you know what I'm so he went to he he, yeah it was awful but he he deserved it he went to go grab a drink at the bar didn't even ask me if I wanted one but so when he came back I know I'd already had a drink but it was still this is why it didn't work yeah Um, so I was on my phone when he got back answering an email. Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) I was answering an email as he came back and he's just like, I'm just like, you know what? I'm so sorry. This is so rude, but I'm just answering an email. It was like a big thing related to the show. And it was like Sunday night and we taped the show on, we taped no filter on Tuesdays. So I was doing something and I was like, look, I'm sorry. It's rude. Just give me two minutes. And you know, I'm just answering an email and he's just like, you're answering an email on a weekend. And I was just like, yeah. And he's like, why? And I'm like, He's like, I, if it's, you know, if it's after hours on Friday or before hours on Monday, like, you're not going to hear from me at all. He's like, it's my time. It's the weekend and I'm not going to work. And I'm just like. What kind of job does he have? He actually had a good job. He was like a writer for like this really big publication, um, like a writer, mm-hmm. photographer, videographer. And he like had connections. And I'm like, you have a great job. Like yeah. he actually had a great attitude. Like yeah. you could go far. Yeah. Um, But so basically my response to him was like, look, if somebody's sending me an email on a weekend, that means they're working, which means if, 
you know, I can respond, if I can take two minutes out of my day to be a not so terrible person mm-hmm. and respond to their email, like, it takes two minutes out of my day. It's yeah. fine, you know? And he's just like, I don't get you. Oh and I was like, God. It's, it's fine. How did you meet him? Tinder. Hinge. You and y'all of your apps. God, I can't keep them straight. Hinge. Is that how you meet Hinge was supposed to be dates? the good one, though. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm on all of them. Nothing. There was only one that I really ended up hitting it off with. But, like, things... I don't know. His ex like came back into the picture, and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is not. It's awkward. Not happening." Oh my god. Okay, wait. But I want to get so basically, you're using dating apps to meet mm-hmm. potentials. Mm-hmm. What about just like friends in LA? Like, how do people find good friends in LA? So before Zach gives all of his deep dark secrets about how you can find friends in Los Angeles, because it's hard. I want to just pop in and talk to you guys about Beauty Counter for a second. If you follow me, you know how obsessed I am with Beauty Counter. It's literally all of my personal care products are through them. And if you're not familiar with Beauty Counter, it's a non-toxic, totally safe beauty, makeup, skincare, body care line. Amazing stuff. I'm a consultant for them because I love the company so much. And the women in the company are the ones in Washington right now trying to fight to get better regulations on the personal care industry because right now in America, our personal care industry is just not regulated. Companies can use so many harmful ingredients and they can pretty much put anything on the label. So things can be labeled organic and all natural when they're not. And They don't even have to disclose all of their ingredients, sadly. The U.S. has only partially banned 30 ingredients, while the European Union has banned over 1,300 chemicals and personal care products. Meanwhile, we haven't passed a major federal law to regulate the safety of ingredients in these products since 1938, which is truly just absurd to me, but okay. A lot of the products include really harmful ingredients like endocrine and hormone disruptors, carcinogens, toxins. And it makes me really sad because I don't think so many people realize that the root of a lot of their health issues could be from things that they're putting on their bodies because what you put on your body gets absorbed into your skin and goes into your body and that can have a lot of long-term effects so it's really important to use safe products and I love beauty counter because it's safe and it actually works trust me I have tried literally everything and I wouldn't stand behind this company and I wouldn't use literally all of their products unless it actually worked because you guys know how picky I am so if you haven't tried beauty counter already I definitely recommend you check it out we just launched two brand new mascaras we reformulated our original mascara which is my all-time favorite mascara it's the lengthening mascara and we also launched the volumizing mascara which i'm obsessed with and i've been using every day so those are two hot new products amazing also obsessed with the hair care obsessed with everything so you guys should for sure check it out. You can go to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice to shop with me as your consultant. If you have any beauty counter questions, you can always email me. If you need help with color matching for foundation, email me at addictedtolovely at gmail.com. I'm always happy to help. I have a few blog posts up about some of my favorite products that you can find on addictedtolovely.com. You can find the posts on that 
blog, not the products. The products, again, are at beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice. So definitely check it out. We also have a baby line, a toddler line, a kid's line. There's stuff for everybody. My dad uses it. So fun for everybody. Let's all use safer products and protect ourselves as best we can. All right. So make sure you check that out. And let's get back to the interview with Zach. You have to meet people, talk to people, and, like, get introduced to people. So, like, I, like, one of the big way I went to this event last summer called the Love Beauty Wellness Festival, which was in downtown L.A., mm-hmm. um, and there I met so many people. I, um, we were filming for my Zach Attacks YouTube series, and so we were questioning people and trying out the different trends at the event, um, and it's, like, through that that I, you meet people and you get, you swap information and you just kind of continue to build the relationships after that. So the following year, I ended up being one of the moderators at the event for one of the panels mm-hmm. and I got to curate my own panel. So I reached out to people that I really yeah. wanted to connect with and interact with. Um, and you just have, I mean, I think it's the same way, like with dating where they say, if you want to find somebody, I think when you were on no filter, you said you want to meet a guy at Erwan. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have to keep putting yourself in those types of situations with the type of like-minded people that yeah. you want to keep as your friends. And now like through Love Beauty Wellness Festival, I ended up meeting, um, one of the girls on my panel is Nikki Sharp and I love and adore her and she's, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite people now. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm curious. Are you into the, do you do the like clubbing scene in LA, no the bars like, i don't like yeah, the most okay. fun i get i mean is like going to the love you do wellness festival or like going okay, wait, to dinner so and drinks you're like you're like me. you yeah totally okay i didn't realize that i don't do clubs i hate bars wait i love you like even when it comes to dating i'm like can we just like do like a drink and dinner yeah and like, like i don't want to like go casual. yeah okay wait i'm obsessed with you <laughs> what's your ideal first date um like a drink and dinner. Okay. Where yeah. where do you want to get dinner? Um See, this is where <laughs> This is where I get a little bit much cuz no, all of my friends think that I'm I'm bougie and I like fancy shit, do you know but who I'm you're like talking to I them? like like look, if I'm going to work hard for fancy shit, then I'm going to enjoy the shit out of that That's fancy shit. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I'll um like for a first date, like sometimes EPLP's fun on La Cienega. Uh-huh. Or, like, Gracias Madre. Um, I like to go to, like, for lunch. Or, I don't know, just, like, a nice restaurant uh-huh. that has good drinks. I'm trying to think of where. Do you like, like... Okay, there's this really great restaurant in Pasadena. It's called Maestro's. And it's this... It's a Mexican restaurant, uh-huh. but it's, like, fancy Mexican. And their specialty is, like, tequila. So I like going there because I know the manager. Um, so when I'm on a date, he'll do, like, custom tequila oh, flights for shoot. us. I yeah. love that. I'm trying to think. I don't know any restaurants in Pasadena. It's that's, like far out there. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite right now. It's new. Okay, cool. Wait, I love that. What's your order at Gracias Madre? Um, I always usually just do the uh, Madre's chopped salad. Mm, okay. Do you think that Gracias Madre is overrated? A little bit, but like... It's all about, this is the, my thing when people, people are always like, I have to go to Gracias Madre. I'm like, you have to understand the food is like, it's yeah, fine. You don't go for the food. Yeah, you don't yeah, you that's go the thing. for the Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Like you go for the yep, vibe. You completely. go for the pretty, the, the aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going and I'm ordering a, a Madre's chopped salad, yeah. like I'm not going for exceptional yeah, food. Like when I go, like I the, order their like avocado Caesar thing. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Fancy. Yeah. I think the only thing I really like, which isn't even the most healthiest, which isn't even the healthiest thing is their, um, 
cauliflower. Their natural oh, cauliflower. Yeah. Like that's, that's good. That's good as shit. That's tasty. Also their with the lemon. ceviche. Oh yeah. So See, like those are my three go-tos. Yeah. The chopped salad, the mm-hmm. ceviche. Um, I mean, the only reason I like Gracias Madre really, besides the ambiance and mm-hmm. the vibe, um, is for their spicy margaritas. Okay. Do you like like Cafe Gratitude? I like Cafe Gratitude. Um, I I haven't been there very often, though. I really like going there for the lattes. Okay, yeah. You're so funny. Wait, that's so... I love that. Okay. I also want to talk about... You are working on a documentary? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) You were doing so much that you literally don't remember what you're doing. Yeah, so we just finished production on a documentary. We started filming back in, like, 2014. So it's been, like, three years. It's been the longest process. But um, So it's basically about autism, about my brother and myself. And it kind of follows our journey um, through kind of, you know, learning about functional medicine and trying Mm -hmm. to find ways to treat him. yeah, it followed us for the past couple of years, kind of following how his progress. He? He's 15 now. Okay. And how old was he when he was diagnosed? He was about three. We knew he had autism when he was a little younger than that, but at that time, like, they couldn't officially, mm-hmm. or the doctor said, legally give you a diagnosis until he was a bit older, yeah. just to make sure it wasn't some normal developmental delay. Yeah. Um, so he got his official diagnosis when he was about three. So I was about 10 at the time. Is he your only sibling? No, I'm the oldest of seven. But it's like, Seven? it's really complicated. So <laughs> my mom and dad had me uh-huh. and then they split and then they each got married and had more kids and, okay. and like have their own families. Oh, okay. So my mom, so Ethan, who has autism, mm-hmm. he's one of my mom's three boys. Okay. Are you the only sibling that's like connected with the foundation and like? Yeah. Well, there's only one other sibling that would be like the autism sibling Uh um and that's my brother ej because there are only three of us boys on my mom's side um and he like wants nothing to do with it (laughs) he like hated filming when we would film he did not want to film he's like i'm not gonna act on camera i'm like oh then don't act then Uh, just be you (laughs) it's a documentary so what's it called it's called sibling warrior um it comes it's probably gonna be out early 2018 um it's in the editing process right now. And I think we're going to start to hit the film festival circuit at the end of this year. Um, That's incredible. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun documentary. Like I'm fun, Ethan, you know, like our family, our family is like a fun, we have a fun dynamic and like, you know, we're very informal. Like Ethan cusses up a storm. Oh my God. (laughs) It was, I have to see it when it comes out. Yeah. It'll be out soon. Everyone can go to siblingwarrior.com to like stay up to date with it. So did you like head that up? Yeah, so that happened. I was doing this web series called Just Plain Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And um, we had taped two seasons. It was on YouTube. And by the end of the second season, the production company's like, we're out. We don't mm-hmm. want to do this anymore. My co-host is like, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, well, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do something. So luckily, the director of the web series, um, we stayed in contact and um, a f- couple months later, um, I just signed my fourth book deal for my book, A Shot of Hope, which talks about me and my brother. And I was talking to her about the book and she's like, oh, well, we should do something. Like, I want to produce something mm-hmm. about autism. Maybe we do a PSA. You know, let's let's work on some type of project together. And I was like, okay. She's like, I'll think on it and get back to you. And then a couple weeks later, I think she got back to me and she's like, why don't we do a documentary? And why don't we film you and your brother? Um, 
And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing that, which really helped kind of cover all of the treatment that we did with him um, and kind of helped, you know, when you have cameras on you, companies are willing to talk to you. And, yeah. and you know, we got him a really good doctor and it, it, it worked out and it was you know, something that I wanted to do to educate people. But at the same time, I'm also like, you know, I want to make sure we're on track with everything for him. Yeah, Um, absolutely. At what point did you guys turn to functional medicine? We, around the time he was diagnosed, my mom came across Jenny McCarthy's book, Uh um, which talks about how she used diet and supplements to help her son. Uh Um, And so my mom's like, okay, we're going to try this. We're going to do a gluten-free, dairy-free diet for Ethan, and maybe we'll do some supplements, but we're at least going to start with this diet. Um, and that's kind of where I learned about diet. I didn't know how it worked or how it helped, but all I knew is it's supposed to do something, so let's give it a shot. Yeah. And a lot of my family was very much against it. It's like, that's stupid. Why are you going to put a kid on a diet? Mm-hmm. When, you know, as you know, like, it's not yeah. a diet anymore. Same. Like, it's a lifestyle yeah. change. Um and so after that, I just started to read up more on it, and I started working with Generation Rescue, who has the actual grant program that you know helps families start biomedical treatment or functional medicine um, and come up with like a customized protocol. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these kids, I mean, autism isn't really looked at as like a whole body disorder. People just think, oh, you know, they associate it with like mental retardation or yeah. some type of mental issue, where you know there are like physical medical things going on inside the child's body that once you start to address those they can focus better they can you know attain therapies better they can communicate more clearly um and so the more i just learned up on it like i just went all in yeah oh my god i love that i mean it's hard because a lot of people just still don't get it like i mean that's part of why like with my family they just don't understand that's what my job is like healing people through food right and they're just like, I don't get it. You can't just, you're not a doctor, so how can you help somebody? Right. And I'm like, well, I literally just helped a girl put her rheumatoid arthritis into, like, remission yeah. through food. It Which is be- probably more than her doctor's yeah, done. Yeah, like, so, I mean, this is, like, why I have a, like, there are so many illnesses that people can, like, really just turn around through diet and people, but I just don't understand why so many people can't, like, accept it. Yeah. And I don't know why they don't want to. Yeah, It's like people don't want to accept it. Yeah, I don't know why. I was having this conversation with someone the other day about, you know, and I was trying to comprehend or understand it on some level that, like, we've been trained to think and believe one thing, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, even as I try to explain it now, I'm like, I, I don't get it. Because it's like, even if, like, people with rheumatoid arthritis or something, like, if something can help, if you can change your diet and that can help, then why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. Like, why not? I don't get it. But I think sometimes it's just people are really afraid of what what's uncomfortable. Yeah. and what, I think that's different. also scary for some people yeah. to realize, like, I imagine it, it's a pride thing for some people. Yeah. And sometimes, for example, I was also talking about this with my friend, too, and Oftentimes, I run into this issue where people complain to me about problems they're having. And so I won't say anything, but then they keep complaining. And I go, you know, if you want to fix it, I can help you write up like a diet lifestyle plan and we can turn it around and we can get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And it's this defense saying, no. Like, well, no, that's not going to work. Well, why would I do that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, why don't you just try it? No, it's like this pride thing. Like, they don't even, and I just can't understand. I think it's because people don't want to admit that 
maybe I could help them. But then it's also, I mean, it shatters somebody's total beliefs. Yeah, I think, God. No, like it requires, I think about all these things that we grow up believing in. Like, I pledge allegiance to Mm -hmm. the flag. Like, I believe in the Western medicals. Like, doctors are going to help me. Mm -hmm. The police are going to help me. My president is here for me. And now we live in a world where... Doctors aren't going to help you. This president is not going to fucking help us. And the cops, not all of them are great. Yeah. You know, all of our foundational beliefs are just... Yeah, it's, it shatters you. It's to face great to have yeah. faith in those systems. We but want to believe. We want to believe that, but there comes a point where we can't be ignorant and realize, like, we can't be- blindly have faith in these things that mm-hmm. you know, like these are run by people. Like mm-hmm. they're flawed. People are flawed. You know, um, I, I'm going through the same thing right now with my grandmother. She has rheumatoid arthritis and she's in pain and she's always complaining about it. And I'm just like, why don't you try changing your diet? Yeah. Why don't you just eliminate gluten? Yeah. Just that's it. But no, she resists and, you know, or she'll try it for a little bit and then suddenly something will get better. But then she'll slip back into her old habits mm-hmm. and, you know, like to this day, she has a toast every morning for breakfast. And I'm like, why don't you just not have that toast? Yeah. Or like do gluten-free toast. Like, mm-hmm. like we'll make slow transitions. She's just so resistant to it. Yeah. She's like, it's just one toast every morning mm-hmm. or just a little bit of milk in my coffee every day. Yeah. I'm just like, why don't you just try eliminating one thing and let's just, but I think, you know, when we first changed Ethan's diet, um, my grandmother, my mom's mother, she was very resistant to it because she really just didn't like the word diet because with her, she really associated diet as like restriction mm-hmm. whereas people don't realize like it's just a way of eating yeah. it's just a lifestyle yeah, it's just a change yeah yeah, we're just yeah. Like talking about but i think it's I so much with the terminology that people are resistant mm-hmm. to um so i think when you use words like elimination or diet or you know however people whatever words are going to be most sensitive with certain people i've learned that like that's just you know, an issue for them with those certain words without actually being willing to embrace. And I think you're right. A lot of it has to do with fear. Yeah. I think people just don't and uncertainty and things yeah. they don't understand. Yeah. And also I think a lot of people are afraid of having power over their own lives, which mm-hmm. goes back to the college thing mm-hmm. as well. And I real I recognize that now in myself, it's almost like I could have done it yeah. if I had just been like I have the power to change my life and do mm-hmm. what I want right now. Same with like your diet. When you realize I have the power to get rid of these symptoms myself. Like yeah. I don't need these people. But it's almost like we're just afraid. It's to, easy to, to take, have a yeah, crutch. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't have somebody else to blame if something goes wrong. Yeah. I know that was like one of my biggest fears and part of my insecurity. Like I realized this when I was in therapy, I think like two years ago that like, I was afraid of my own potential that like mm-hmm. if I really put my mind to and I'm I'm exactly. referring to my career yeah. but like if I really put my mind to it like I know I can be successful I know I will be successful because I will I know I I believe that I have it in me to mm-hmm. have that tenacity to keep going um and that's scary because I think if I don't know it's just and I think a lot of people are just afraid of their 100%. own power and potential because like you said, it could go wrong. And if it does, then it's on you and you don't want to take on that blame. And it's yeah, a no, cycle. I totally, it totally resonates with me. Like it wasn't until it's been a month, a month ago, I quit my full-time job to just pursue all my own stuff. That's terrifying. And I, after I quit, I was like, why the fuck did I ever have this job? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, 
and I realized it was that issue. It was like I was scared of my own potential and I had all these things and I was like, I just can't wait until I have more time to do all this stuff and I wanted to do all this stuff and I have all these plans. But it was like I wasn't giving myself the chance to mm-hmm. because I was just almost afraid. I don't know, you know? It's like afraid of, oh, wait, I can actually do that? Yeah. Like I can actually have control? I don't know. I think also I felt a sense of guilt. Interesting. Does that make sense? Like In almost like sense? that... I would be able to quit a job and go after my own stuff and succeed. Yeah. And I feel guilty. Yeah. That I know I can Yeah. do that. And I don't really know why I feel guilty, but I do. I feel like I'm having therapy right now. Yeah, I think it's funny cuz I would have these same conversations with my therapist and and she would tell me that um it went back to like this deeper belief system that I had in myself that I didn't deserve it. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason I was afraid of my own success was because I didn't feel like I deserved to be successful. Um, So true. Damn, we're getting deep. No, we're good. (laughs) No, and that's part of it. And part of it goes back to like growing up, the way people would respond to success. Mm -hmm. I mean, my whole life, I felt like anytime I had success, I was, I got in trouble for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and this goes back to the point that you made earlier about people in LA. Like, I feel like part of the reason I don't want to share my accomplishments with them is because they they get insecure. They won't, yeah. And it's, you know, I definitely felt that when I was in um, Portland with some of the other people on the panel that I was on, where they definitely kind of shunned me and I was like the outcast on the panel. And I think it was because you know, they may have been insecure about the things that I had accomplished that maybe they didn't. I don't know. I couldn't, I can't really speak for them, but I definitely feel like when I'm in those types of situations where other people are really kind of judging me or hating on me, it's really because it's some, it's definitely an insecurity within themselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, Everybody does that. They put other people down who are doing well because they don't, they want why to feel better so about themselves. For, yeah, why is it so hard for people to be happy for each other? I don't know. I like being happy for other yeah. people. Like, if you're successful, like... Like, this is... It literally doesn't make sense. It's like, if you have all the success, that doesn't mean that the other person can't, too. Exactly. Like, everybody can. Exactly. Everybody can at exactly. the same time. There's, it's not like there's a bucket and only one person can yeah. have it. And, like, I'm the type of person where it's like, if you're going to give me a pat on my back for being successful, I'm going to be like... I'll bring you exactly. on with me. Like, jump yeah. on my back. Like, don't pat it. Like, yeah. jump on and I'll Come bring you along out. with this. Yeah. Ride. Like, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. I know that. I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't first, you know, go through those bumps and yeah. hurdles. Like, I want to help you be successful. And you're, like, one of the only people who is like that. <laughs> and so I think it's probably hard for other people to believe that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm so, like, wary of anybody. Yeah. You know, I have trust issues for real because I'm just wary of anybody because so many people act like they're going to help you. Yeah. And they, like, sabotage you. Yeah. And I know that's terrifying. It's scary, and I don't know why people do that, but it seems to be a common thing. Yeah. But that's why I'm asking, like, oh, how do you meet people? Because it's just hard to meet genuine people, and then when you find them, you got to, like, hold on tight, you Uh know? Because... I don't know, especially, I think it's just really hard in L.A. Yeah. It's, like, especially hard in L.A. Yeah, everything and everyone is so fake in L.A. Mm-hmm. Have you, do you go to New York a lot? Um, I have, last year I was there a lot. The what do vibe you think is totally about different. the difference? Yeah, the vibe's different. I'd, it's not as, 
fake mm-hmm. as it is here in LA, but I definitely think it is very aggressive and cutthroat. Yeah, but it's different for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, they're also like they also like actually work. I feel yeah. like like it's very they hustle. Space Whereas like here, it's very like I put on. It's all smoke and mirrors in uh-huh. LA. Yeah. It's funny because just rant, I always ask people, oh, what do you want me to talk about on the podcast? And something that somebody said was, can you talk about what it's really like to live in L.A.? Because I make comments here and there about how, like, stupid shit in L.A. And they're just like, I thought L.A. I forget that all these people in different states have the, they literally think it's like the movies. Yeah. And everybody here is pretty and. No, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And everything's easy and we all just like go to the beach and we're all, everybody's an entrepreneur and just doing their thing and like. It's all fun, and, and you just yeah. It's like the nine hundred two one nothing. Yeah, that, the, yeah. You literally think it's like that. I'm like, it is not like. No, that here. it's not. Well, first of all, it's not as pretty as it is on TV. Yeah, like it's some not. of the like LA is so big. LA is not like New York or Chicago, where it's mm-hmm. like a condensed city, and like that's the downtown and that's the city. Yeah, LA is so big and spread out that it's you like have pockets state. everywhere. Yeah, and that's the other, like it pissed when people visit me and they don't really understand the differences, and they're like oh, let's go here for lunch and here for dinner. I'm like, well, I'm not going to downtown for dinner when I'm in Venice at lunch. Like, yeah. it, it's faster for me to drive to San Diego. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, especially because the traffic is yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so many, and there are little pockets of this and that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not all beach, and it's not all Hollywood, and the beach to Hollywood is like a bitch to get yeah, to. Yeah, it's um, not even close. And then intermixed with all these, you know, parts that you see on TV are all the, like, scary, ghetto, like, yeah, crazy, scary. terrifying. I'm scared of downtown. Downtown, okay, so downtown used to be, like, terribly disgusting, mm-hmm. and, and, like, awful Mm -hmm. five years ago now it's really changed a lot because i grew up by downtown so i knew like downtown like fuck that i'm not going downtown um we're now like i want to buy a loft in downtown yeah because like it's coming up so much and like the new restaurants that they have they have great restaurants in downtown right now there's this one called church and state or this one called spring Uh the best oh my god wait is that the springs no. Or just spring. It's called spring. Oh, okay. Have you been in the springs? No, but I heard that's great too. You have too. to go. But yeah, so, but there are parts of downtown and parts surrounding yeah. downtown that are like terrifying. So as much as you have these cute little spots, like you have to, you walk know two blocks and you're yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I I'm always like I would never just like my sometimes people visit they're like let's just hang out downtown I'm like you don't just hang out no downtown. you have like, to know where yeah, you're going. You have, you have a destination. I'm like, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm not just gonna go downtown to go yeah. downtown like. Are we going to a specific place? Yeah. Like, like there's like a specific block on a street. Do I have to bring my yeah. car? Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't drive. I Uber everywhere. Okay, yeah. Ubering's fun. It's smart. I will plead the case. Uh-huh. It is so much smarter than driving. And you can, if you do it right, it can be cheaper than car payment, insurance, yeah. like the whole deal. Gas. Um, I get an Uber membership, which people don't know is a thing. I did not know that Total was a download thing. thing. Um, so it's $15 a month. Are you kidding? Hold on. $15 a month, and then you have flat rates all month long. And so to get anywhere in LA is $6.99. I'm about to shit a break. I mean, unless it's like surge or the distance is really long, then there's like a small upcharge. Like here, Why do they it was $8. That? Well, they don't want to advertise it. They want to make money off of you. So, like, getting from my place here was eight bucks. How did you find out about that? They sent an email, because I use Uber all the uh-huh. time. So, they sent an email saying this is, so, 
it's so like low key mm. and you have to like know when it's going to happen. It usually happens at the end of every month and they only have a select number of passes that they give out per oh, month. Shoot. Yeah. So I like have a reminder in my yeah. phone so that I can get it. Like, oh, you have to like redo bucks. it every month. Yeah, every month. You're not just like once you get the membership. Nope. You, oh. it, it doesn't recur. You have to buy it every you month. You shouldn't have said that on this podcast. Because now people are going to do it. Oh, my God. No. Well, they don't know what day, and they yeah, need to get the email and the link. They don't. Well, That's you're my really nice secret. for sharing. Ooh. See, I love dropping blown. gems. Yeah. Shit. So many. Okay. Let's also talk about, in terms of LA fallacies, or maybe... Okay. What do you think about somebody... What would you say to somebody... Say you had a friend in another state. Okay. Or city, whatever. And they're like, I really want to move to L.A. because I really want to become an actor or an actress or a model. Like, they have this dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, is, what are your feelings about that? Like, because I, I think that's another misconception. Yeah. Everybody thinks, if I go to L.A., I'll make it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the biggest. And I think that's why so many people in L.A. are such assholes because they get here and they realize it's not like yeah. that. <laughs> and they're bitter and they hate the world. Um, you know, it's funny. There was a girl that I had to work with who was French mm-hmm. and she came here because she wanted to be a director. And um, and she realized, like, it's really not like you don't just walk into L.A. and start directing films, you know, yeah. with Spielberg. Like, they literally think yeah, they literally think that's how it works <laughs> or they think they're going to go on three auditions and they get their heart broken yeah. and then they're crushed forever. And it's not like that. Like, yeah. there's so, there's so much opportunity. Like, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be in entertainment, this is the city to mm-hmm. do it in. Definitely come out here. But you have to realize as much opportunity as there is, there's twice the competition. Yeah. Everybody wants to do what you want to do. And you have to, like, really hustle mm-hmm. and, like, be be dedicated like you can't come here and be half-assed yeah, about it you just can't and also people like i got this so much actually i'm curious if this happens to you do a lot of your like old acquaintances try and reach out and get reach you to like afterwards. yeah after they when they want something i don't know i get this commonly and a lot of people around graduation time uh-huh. you know i haven't talked to you in five fucking years yeah Hey, I really like. How are you doing? Like, boo, boo. I'm like, you know. And then basically, it comes out that they want to be a director, or an actor, yeah, or a model. Yeah, and they need a reference. And but they don't ask for it. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, really? I know somebody because it's like you know, I have connections. Or or they won't even. But I can tell they want it. Or they'll just be asking me. I feel like they're trying to show off to me. Like, yeah. People will be like, oh, guess what? I'm moving to LA because I'm gonna be a producer. And I'm like good congrats like what are you starting with like well i'll I'll move there and then i'll just find a job when i get there and i'm just like you're dumb shit like you think you just walk up here yeah it's not easy like i i am a real producer on this documentary that we're doing and it is not glamorous it is not cute like it is not easy i don't know what i'm doing half the time like like it doesn't work like that no it doesn't work like that like oh yeah i think i'm gonna move to la because i really want to work for like universal i'm like oh do you like know someone there like have you like did you apply no, I mean I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah. move to LA and then and I'm send like, an application and hopefully they like yeah. me out of these fifty thousand yeah. they send every year. Exactly after out of everybody who and everybody else has connections. Yeah, and everybody you else have has to been, know somebody. Everybody else has been like working as interns there for five years and like doing their hard ass work, you know. Yeah. And you think you're just gonna pop up here and it's just gonna be? Yeah. No, there. you have to like. <laughs> 
work hard. Yeah. Take every audition and every opportunity that comes your way and like talk to everybody and mingle with Mm -hmm. everybody and network the hell out of yourself. You have to network the hell out of yourself and like really not be ashamed. And not be ashamed. I know I need to. You need to pimp yourself out and have a little more confidence in yourself. You have enough going. It's not like you're sitting here being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like you already have everything happening. No, I think that's another big misconception is this idea of I know what I'm doing. Like for everybody, like especially here. True. true. Like nobody has any idea what they're doing and nobody. Yeah. I mean, and it's fun. I'm sure you have this experience too. Like meeting a lot meeting for working with a lot of people who are quote high powered or Mm -hmm. like you had this idea about them before and then you get to know them more and you realize they don't don't have anything together they don't know what they're doing i have my shit together more than you it's very interesting yeah like no totally yeah and i and you're like how did you get here yeah Yeah. and it's kind of annoying because i'm like it pisses me off because I'm like, there are people who work so hard yeah. and you don't do anything and you, it's killing me because I want to like name drop, but I'm not going to right now, <sighs> all this stuff. But okay, well, but you have to admit, you recognize you've done like a lot of things you, and you are doing a lot I mean, of things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. But like, I how, still. How the shit are you, like, how are you so productive? I don't think, I think half, I feel like half of the time I'm not productive. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, goes back to my own, like, type of insecurity. But, like, I don't know. Like, how did you get so much done? Like, it's really impressive to me. That's the thing. Like, you just, I think for me, everything that I do, I thoroughly, wholeheartedly enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I love it. So I find and make the time. Like for me, like I told you I Uber everywhere. So it's a two hour commute to get to the office every morning. So on my way to the office, I have a half hour where I'm writing my book. And then I have a half hour where I'm reading a book. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm reading, I was reading all those, the tools and and from the summit. Um, So, you know, half an hour I'm reading a book for a guest that's going to come on no filter the next half hour I'm writing my book and then you know I'll spend a half hour where I'm listening to a podcast or something and then I get to work and then I have my list and I you know put together what needs to get done today Mm -hmm. so I just try to break everything up into chunks you know what book I read it's called get your shit together by Sarah Knight who I love and adore Uh and that's kind of the main premise of the book so you just take everything and you break it up into like little bite-sized manageable chunks when you come home after work do you work more on your personal stuff or like are you the kind of person like shuts off at a certain time i don't shut off okay i never shut off i'm on 24 7 which probably might not be the healthiest do you like that i do like it i like it because like i said everything i do i enjoy you know, mm-hmm. even when there are times where it feels like work for me, you know, because we all have those little highs and lows, there are still those chunks of period where it doesn't feel like work and it just feels like fun. Yeah. You know, and I'm I feel enjoying same. what I'm doing. Do you sleep? <laughs> I do. I I try to be in bed by 1030 because I have to be up by 530. Oh, you're good. You're good. I, th- yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I go to bed at like 2 a.m. and I'm going to wake no, up at 5 no, no, and I'm no, going to no. be like. I like to sleep as much as I can, but I'm also not one of those people, like that awful guy that I went on a date with. Mm-hmm. He cut our, we had another date prior to that. I shouldn't have ever done. I know, I know, I know, I know, it was bad. But he <laughs> cut one of our dates short because he's like, I have to go to bed. I have a big photo shoot that I have to shoot in the morning. <laughs> and he's just like, and if I don't get eight hours of sleep, yeah. like I'm just not going to be pleasant. I respect and I'm that. I'm just though. like, no, I respect I'm like, that. I respect that, but. Mm-hmm. 
like there are days where I get where I can only get like three hours of sleep and I still have to be pleasant the next day so don't tell me you can't be pleasant like that's a total yeah well I it's interesting because I feel like I mean you can do everything you do and you've done everything you've done you live your life the way you live your life because you're the kind of person who is a go-getter and you know how to like you know how to work hard and you're disciplined, you know, and you can structure your day and be responsible. And I think the problem with a lot of people, like going back to the college thing, for example, mm-hmm. like you could drop out because you were like, this is literally a waste of my time yeah. kind of because I, I can go do this myself. Yeah. And that's how I felt too. And that's why I hated college. But so many other kids love college and they never want it to end because they don't know what the fuck they want to do. Yeah. And so for them, it's like, and same, I think about that, like, like I know so many people my age who could never work for themselves because they just yeah. wouldn't be able to. Yeah. And some people just aren't. Yeah. Like they need well, somebody at the office being like, you have to be here at 8 a.m. to get their ass out of bed. I think I would counter that though, because I think there were so many things that I know, like when it came to, like if I were to try home, like I homeschooled for my senior year mm-hmm. in high school, but if I tried to homeschool for college, I wouldn't have been disciplined because I wouldn't have been motivated. I yeah. didn't care. I mm-hmm. think you have to find the things that you're going to be motivated, the things that you care about and, and want to do and pursue. Mm-hmm. And you also can't be afraid of, of doing that. Yeah. Like there are some, like even if, like let's say it's sports and you like to watch sports and rant about them on a podcast, like you can build a business out of that. Yeah. You know, other people may think but it's really stupid. People are embarrassed to yeah, admit people that. are embarrassed to admit that. And you know, that's you why just have to. Successful. Yeah, that's why you just have to have that conviction. Yeah, and that like that's like when I started my podcast and my blog. I can't tell you how many people made fun of me. Yeah, and like I'm like I don't give a shit anymore. Oh yeah, when my first book came out in high school, like people hated me for yeah. it. They're like, mm. I'm making fun of I was you. just like, you know what? Go yeah. choke on it in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, how do you like? I think the other thing is just. A lot of my friends, I feel like everybody's having like, this midlife crisis, yeah. this post-college crisis. crisis. Like they they graduate and they're like, shit. I don't know what to do yeah. in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have for somebody who's just like, how do I figure? I don't. They're like, I don't know what I want to do. Throw yourself into as many things mm-hmm. as you can. That's what I did. I think that's another thing that came from college that was helpful was I literally changed my major so many times. Mm-hmm. Like at first I started taking acting classes mm-hmm. and then I realized like what actors are like. And I'm like, this is not me. This is not my life. Like they take this so seriously yeah. and like they hate me because I don't take it as seriously as they do. Yeah. Um, even though I thought I was a little better than they were because they took it too seriously. <laughs> I feel like you'd be a really good actor. I can, yeah, I can do like comedy stuff mm-hmm. or like improv. I enjoy you do doing stand-up, that. Stand up, don't you? I did stand up. Okay. I did stand up for two years. I would love to get back into doing stand up, but so many. But fabulous. I mean, all the other projects came in, and I just, yeah. you know, my time changed, and and mm-hmm. I found a format like doing the podcast. Um, yeah. And doing videos on YouTube where I can still get out that itch mm-hmm. without having to actually be at a club every night and perform yeah. um but yeah i did i did comedy i did laugh factory the comedy store ice house i did gotham in new york city yeah it was a fun it was a lot of fun but yeah i feel like you have to just expose yourself to so many things and just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks see what's most passionate to you see what kind of wakes you up and gets you excited every day um and you're gonna find things that don't you know, mm-hmm. I took journalism classes and I hated it. They're like, okay, the next step is you have to actually work on the school publication. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But, you know, eventually I found a way to 
feed that passion and now you know i write for pop sugar and i enjoy it and i love it and that's technically journalism but it's in a a, a lane that fits me better yeah yeah no i love that i think that's exactly it like just trying out a bunch of different things and then the thing is i just think a lot of people i think a lot of people do know what they are passionate about or just afraid to admit yeah they're Mm -hmm. just exactly they're insecure and they're afraid people aren't gonna get it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you can't you just can't do that yeah i mean you can't but then you're just limiting yourself you're just limiting your life right like and you're holding yourself yeah and you you have you're never gonna be happy yeah and that's the other thing it's like but people are afraid of say what their friends think and i'm like well then your friends suck yeah that's how i learned that i didn't want to be friends with those people anymore yeah when i first did the documentary there were two friends in my life two that i really liked and thought um were really good friends of mine um and they were both kind of like why are you gonna do a documentary like that sounds stupid like what are they gonna film like what's interesting about your life and then i'm like well first of all if you don't know enough about like my life with my brother yeah to know that that could be a story yeah then you don't know then you're they not close been enough the ones yeah to suggest it first well i mean <laughs> even if they didn't understand yeah. like you know that i have a relationship with my brother mm-hmm. and that, that it means that that much to me if you don't understand that then you're not really my friend exactly um and then if you're questioning this and not being supportive of me in something that i really want to pursue then yeah. you're also not my friend and you can just yeah bye exactly and but it's so hard for people to like admit that they might be hanging out with people who suck I know. People don't no. want to admit that. Cause it's funny. Because then that means you've got to find new friends, and that's really fucking Yeah, I, it's the worst. And um, most people aren't okay with... Most people also aren't okay with being by themselves. Like, most yeah. people like feel like they need a bunch of friends. Yeah. I'm learning to embrace being on my own and being independent, yeah. especially now that I'm traveling. Like, when I was... Over the weekend... I keep talking about Portland. I feel like that's so annoying. No. But when I was in Portland over the weekend, again... Um, <laughs> I went into the city and I mm-hmm. by myself had dinner and had a great time. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I bring so, and I realized that I enjoyed being on my own and independent and it mm-hmm. kind of like just, you know, excited me, but it was also funny because I went to this restaurant called little bird, mm-hmm. which was so good. And everyone's talked about it. It's on the goop app and everything. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to try it out. Mm-hmm. And I did. And the food was amazing, but there was this crazy guy. He was, um, like aggressively coming like trying to hit on me like very aggressively um and he ended up leaving with his friend um and then he ended up coming back by himself just to like (gasps) be with me because i just ordered my food and he had already left so he knew i was going to be there and he was like aggressive like like kissing on my neck (gasps) and like trying to bite on my ear and he's like come to the bathroom with me come to the bathroom like it was like intense that's like really scary at one point the the bartender's like are you okay and i'm like i'm fine it's fine and he's just like no like are you okay do you need help yeah. and i'm like no i'm fine like you should have said hell yeah get this bitch well, i was me. i was also in a place where i was like i don't feel like i'm my life is threatened like i feel like i can handle him like okay. he's not gonna do anything that i like if he ever crosses the line then i'm like fully mm-hmm. you know and i knew that the people around me were kind of just keeping an eye mm-hmm. on things uh, but I ended up Googling him after I had left to find out that he's like this crazy Coke dealer in New York. Oh and it was God. just like insane. What and he's like fuck? gone to jail for like being busted. I'm like, oh my God. That's literally he kept insane. Telling me, yeah, he kept telling me I'm a big deal in New York. I'm a big deal. I'm like, well, what do you do? And he could yeah. never answer that question. Or he'd be yeah, like, I'm, an, feel like I'm yeah. a Coke dealer. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm like, well, what have you been in? And he's just like, I, nothing you would know. And I'm like, okay. But he was like an actor slash pastry chef slash what else was he he was something else I was well that's like, oh funny because we, we like 
that's why it's funny because we laugh at people like that like you're an actor a pastry chef like all this random yeah. shit but then it's like people think that about like what i say i yeah. or what you say you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know i'm a producer and i'm a freelance writer and i work at the office. yeah like, see i never want to come off yeah. like the coke dealer at yeah. the bar like i don't <laughs> the coke dealer pastry chef yeah <laughs> how did that even come up <laughs> oh my god it was that's insane insane okay i need to okay let's wrap up with like so i like how you like test out different wellness trends uh-huh. what's like the most interesting thing you've tried it can be in terms of like most ridiculous no or like something you're obsessed with um i really liked doing a sensory deprivation tank Oh, did you? That one, I I'm really enjoyed. I'm a little enjoyed. afraid of that. It's scary, but I liked it because, like, for me, like I said, I'm always on. Mm-hmm. So even, like, when I'm meditating or doing yoga or, like, doing something of that nature, like, my phone. I mean, I'd like to think that I can or do, but, like, realistically, I don't do it as often as I probably should. Like, yeah. like I feel like everybody in LA meditates and everybody has, like, a meditation yeah. chair and a meditation app on their phone, yeah, but nobody really meditates as much as they actually no. do. I mean, let's be honest, the only time I ever meditate is when there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. And, like, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what I liked about the sensory deprivation take is it really forced me to do that because I didn't have my phone. Like, I literally had to go in naked. Mm-hmm. Um and it was funny because I was filming. We filmed the whole thing too, and I didn't know that you go in naked. Yeah. I thought they had like trunks for me, and they're like, "No, you go in naked." So I looked at my camera, I and I'm you like, were a baby? "Oh my god, I didn't know that." No, um, so yeah, you go full commando, and they have like a shower that you get in before and after. But it, th- that was awkward. But I really enjoyed it because it like had me take everything away, and it turned off all of my senses to where I, like I was really forced to just be there with mm-hmm. myself and deal with my shit, um, which I thought was really cool. Is your face? What's the, are you like laying up? Like, yeah, you're are floating. Your ears in covered? Water. Yeah, you can put your that plugs in me. or you cannot. But your face I was is fine with that. Not yeah, covered. like you're covered up okay. to your ears. Um, but you I. Mm, yes, but I kept like thinking, like, okay, if I'm here, like, I can meditate. Like, let me go deeper. Let me, you know, experience this shit. And I'm like, I'm somebody who has like really bad body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. So I like had to like be there naked with myself and like face that and realize mm-hmm. like that insecurity. And it really helped me through that, which was interesting. Um, that's when I probably enjoyed the most. And I think like if you're a crazed out college student who's stressed out, like definitely give it a try. It's an hour. Okay. It's a Have long you done time. It again? Not since, but Isn't I would love really to. expensive? Um, there's a place that I go to in Pasadena called Just Float that does it for yeah. 40 bucks. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah, so I mean, it it depends. Some of them are 20, some of them are 40. I would say do it for like a half hour if you can. An mm-hmm. uh, hour is a long time. Um, but yeah, that's one I like the most. The one I like the least was probably a cannabis-enhanced yoga class. Oh my God. <laughs> where no. you literally... I mean, the amount of weed in that class was like insane. Oh, oh my god. god! And I'm not somebody who does who smokes weed at all. Okay, like, I was I'm just ask not you, a cannabis you... person at all. Have um, you though? I have a couple of times in the past okay. prior to doing the class, and again, like I just it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if I do you do any drugs? No, I don't do okay. any drugs. Um, I mean. The most, my vices are like coffee and and a drink, Mm -hmm. you know. Sometimes I'll have a drink if I want to. Are you like a drink like every night? Are you like a drink like once a week? No, socially every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. 
most really only socially yeah you're like the best <laughs> i don't think so literally i'm like confused right <laughs> I now i need you to be my alarm clock and just give me affirmations literally everyone. i will i'm like confused right now we'll, we'll talk about it later the yoga class was intense because like there was so much weed and everybody yoga? was there i like yoga i did yoga this morning mm-hmm. um but i like like a hard like yoga workout that's like okay. gonna work me out yeah. um I like bet with, everybody was like fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a very slow mm-hmm. flow yoga. So like at one point I like fell asleep for like a yeah. good five minutes. It was just like not. It wasn't the best. Okay, none of that. Okay. I mean, if you're into yoga and you're into we do it, but like yeah. for me it just did it not work. Wasn't your cup of tea? No. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. What's your like favorite TV show? Do you watch TV? Yeah. Um, okay, AKA, do you watch reality TV? <laughs> biggest vice, or not biggest vice, but like I love reality your TV. Favorite? I like, um, I'm into the housewives. Okay, I'm God. into Vanderpump Rules. Oh my God. Vanderpump okay. Rules is like my favorite. Um, What's like your top reality TV show? I don't, oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. It depends on the season. It's so like right now. Like right now, what are you digging? Uh, Real Housewives of New York. Mm hmm. I think to, it's tomorrow the last or Re- this week. The, yeah, this week is the last reunion. Yeah, this one's and are you watching OC this this season? I have not seen OC. I haven't seen Atlanta. Oh, I heard OC is boring though. OC is the shit. Oh, is it? OC is the shit. Oh. OC and New York are like top tier, and then like Beverly Hills, New Jersey. Yeah. Like. I like oh, Beverly. You, I you like would New love York. OC. Beverly, okay, I like New York, Beverly Hills, and New Jersey. Okay, if you haven't I'm seen excited us, I'm excited about, about the New Jersey season. Oh my god, I know. I'm so excited. With Danielle Staub coming back, that's exciting. I I have no words. I rewatched her seasons like last summer, and it just gave me life, and I yeah. need to do it again. Okay, who's your favorite like housewife of all time? Mm-hmm. Um. I really like Brandy Glanville. Oh my god, I want her to come back so badly. I love Brandy Glanville and I love Bethany. I, I love Bethany. I'm like, I like res, like I relate to. Beth- I feel yeah. like she's me. Yep. Like so, I'm yep. just like obsessed with her. You ha- okay? You have to promise me you'll watch OC. Okay. Because you're gonna fall in love and like okay. I want to talk to you about it. Okay. Because you're gonna love Tamara. Okay. You're gonna love her. Oh my god, are you a Lisa Vanderpump fan? Um, yes and no. I, I feel, feel like there were a couple, like, the past couple of seasons where, you know, everyone tried to call her out for, like, mm. saying she's, like, manipulative and she was, like, very resistant. I hate that she's, like, I'm holier than thou. Whereas, yeah. like, if she would just own being a bitch sometimes, I would totally like her a lot more. And I miss Yolanda. I liked Yolanda. She was, like, sweet and nice. I liked Doree. I didn't like Eden. Um... I didn't like either of them. Dorit's annoying. I'm like, what accent? She's making Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's totally me. I think that's what I like about her, though. She's such a character, but she's so, like, oblivious to the fact that, like, this is a facade and we all mm-hmm. can clearly see that. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica Jane. Erica Jane is oh, the best. Oh, she's... Oh, yeah. I have no words. Yep, praise. Yep. Praise. So okay. Beverly Hills is a hit. New Jersey is just crazy. I New like Jersey's, New Jersey. Yeah, hardcore. Okay, I'm glad we're, like, on the same page. Last question. Yeah. Something... That's annoying in pop culture. Something that's annoying in pop culture. Uh, I don't know. I really love pop culture. And like I geek out over something interesting. Just something that something in pop culture. You know what I'm really obsessed with right now that I think a lot of people are hating on is the whole Taylor Swift thing. Oh, okay. Elaborate. Okay. 
I actually really like the song in the video. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people don't. Um, but I like it because a lot of people are like, I don't feel like she's setting a good message for women or she's pushing like this feud and all this stuff. And I'm like, I get that. But like, if I wanted to go to somebody for life advice, mm-hmm. you know, like I would pull a quote from Oprah. Like yeah. I don't go to Taylor Swift for like yeah. a best role model. <laughs> like I go to her for the hot mess yeah. aspect. Okay. I, so I hate the song, uh-huh. but I like the video song like yeah. I like the video and the song like I hate the song in terms of like I'm a, an original Taylor Swift fan and I still miss her with her guitar country like I felt like with each album she got away from herself yeah. and I miss I'm like you you can actually sing and you actually have like good songwriting I don't know like yeah. I connect with her like when I was in high school and I liked her the slow sad music yeah. with the guitar about boys yeah. you know and now it's like this weird pop stuff that like she doesn't really need a voice for it's just you don't need a voice for I I feel like she is just throwing away her talent you know so yeah. I miss the old Taylor and that's yeah. why I hate it because I'm like this is just like I don't know I could have put any do you think she's doing it that. just to be relevant yeah I think she's changed a lot though yeah, too. Yeah, totally. Like she's changed. Like I used to love her as a human, and now I'm like I don't really connect with you as a human yeah. anymore. But like I liked, like I thought the video was really well done. And, yeah. And like, and like the whole feud about like, no, she's doing what she should be. Like this is what yeah. it's about. Like this is how you stay relevant. Yeah. Like, and we yeah, feed off of it. Into she it. knows yeah, how totally. to make money. Yeah. That's how you do it. Okay, I like that. Cool. This has been very amazing. You're yeah, awesome. Yeah, this was fun. I'm obsessed with You're you. You're awesome. Okay, tell everybody all 300 places they can find you. <laughs> well, actually, I like to condense it and okay. make it super easy. So it's just plain Zach everywhere. Okay. Just plain Zach, Z-A-C-K. So mm-hmm. just plain Zach.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. Just plain Zach. Is I that make what it your easy. YouTube channel is, is too? YouTube.com slash just plain Zach. And yep. Also, your podcast. Podcast is hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. So mm-hmm. it's not just plain Zach. But if you oh. go to justplainzach.com, uh-huh. there's a link right there. Or if you go on like my Twitter, Instagram profiles, there's a direct link to it. And all your books, are they in stores or are they on Amazon? Yeah, so they're on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I think only this the third and fourth book okay. are still available. The first two I like pulled off the market. Why? Because like... I don't know. There were I was like fifteen and seventeen when I wrote them, and I'm like, okay, it, it was it had a minute. I'm gonna go find one. Everyone, no, everyone should read. I like when life hands you lemons, throw them at people. That's probably one of my favorites, uh-huh. and I'm really excited about the new one that I'm writing. I love how you just say it. It's probably one of my favorites out of my five books. <laughs> like, oh, so casual. No, oh but God. it's funny. This new one that I'm writing, I literally taught. Like, this is where we get into all the stories of like. um you know, the Coke dealer in Portland oh or like my dating my Uber driver yeah. or yeah. I'm obsessed. Okay. I have to get that. Okay. Everybody needs to check Zach out. Okay. This has been so fun. Thanks for joining. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. One of the most fun conversations I've had in a long time. And I was just blown away by him in so many different ways. And I love that we literally talked about everything under the sun and we touched on a a lot of things that are really important to me. For example, the stigma around dropping out of school and just kind of going after your own thing, how to be somebody who has 5 million jobs like both of us do 
and also talking about functional medicine and the way food and diet can heal and just everything and all of the work he's doing to raise awareness about autism and all the work he's doing for the organization is just incredible and I definitely recommend you guys check that out and definitely check out the documentary when it comes out again the documentary is called sibling warrior and the organization that he works for is generation rescue so definitely check those out he's doing so many incredible things and it's just really inspiring and it's just such a fun guy and i'm obsessed with his podcast hashtag no filter so for sure follow him there follow him on instagram just yeah he's amazing and i'm so excited for his new book to come out i feel like it will actually make me crack up and if you're not somebody who reads it has truly changed my life like to get a good book and just take 10 minutes out of my day before i go to bed so i guess out of my night to read really good but i'm incredibly thankful that zach came on and opened up and let us get to know him a little bit better. He's so much fun. I'm literally obsessed with him. I can't even tell you. So make sure you follow him. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It means a lot to me. Please also tell other people about the show. Let's get the word out. I want everybody to join the Actually Adultish community because at the end of the day, we're all actually just trying to adult. That was corny, but it's true. All right. Hope you guys like this. Can't wait to talk to you again next time. Bye.